Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another week of College Gridiron, this being the eighth edition of our podcast. I'm Jimmy Sullivan. Matt Costantini's not here. He's on the phone, but he's not here, but he's here in spirit. Jackson Heil is here, too. The show hasn't even started yet. He's already spouting out hot takes. We got the whole whole squad's ready right here. We had a huge week in college football last week. If you weren't living under a rock, you probably know that a couple teams lost. I think that's safe to say, Jimmy. Just a couple. Can we go down just the li- a few. Just a few. We're going to go down the list, okay? Um, these are all teams that were, for all intents and purposes, eliminated from the playoff this weekend. Wisconsin, dead. Georgia, dead. Notre Dame nearly, like, died as well. West Virginia, maybe dead because they got to play Oklahoma. Washington, out. Penn State, out. Texas nearly lost. UCF nearly lost. Colorado lost. And Auburn, uh, they, they don't warrant us talking about them. A bunch of teams lost. This felt like this felt like 2007 when all those teams lost and you had almost like Missouri going to the BCS title game. It was a crazy year. So, Matt, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because I was watching all these teams drop like flies over the weekend, and I honestly lost track of how many teams had lost. So, Matt, what were your thoughts on last weekend and this whole shift in college football with all these teams going down? It honestly was – kind of like the day of reckoning in college football world. And I remember talking to you that night on, on Saturday night after all these teams had gone down and as more teams were losing in the process, what did we call it? The, uh, the college gridiron curse. Yes. After, after, after doing our college football playoff show and making all these predictions that of course we knew weren't going to happen anymore. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, we talked about all those teams. I, I had Washington in the playoff last week. And I had West Virginia in the playoff, and we, we we're both down the team now. So, look, big picture, you said it perfectly last week. It always worked itself out in terms of rankings and in terms of bowl games, in terms of seeding. It really did. I mean, you know, the teams that lost. West Virginia looked like an actual contender. They're no longer around. Washington had a loss, but they were still in contention. Now they're down. And Georgia, we we said last week that we might just keep pushing back their their expiration date on their undefeated record, and unfortunately that happened to the LSU team that we kind of expected to show up against Florida that didn't, and then they they came back strong against Georgia, which is good for them moving up into the top five this week. Um, so yeah, I think the biggest team that really really got hurt this week was Georgia, obviously. I mean, a, a lot of their, their playoff hopes laid at the feet of making it undefeated to the SEC championship game, and it, that can't happen anymore. But they're still looking like the best case to come out of their division, uh, so they'll still have their chance in the actual championship game where they might be able to take down Alabama or an LSU and stake their, team at the, uh, stake their claim at the playoff. Excuse me. Um, and then you mentioned Notre Dame and Texas barely scraping by. The Notre Dame game gave me a heart attack. I mean, they looked great against Virginia Tech, but then they come out and look the way they did against Ball State and Vanderbilt. So I don't, I'm high on them, but I don't know where their ceiling actually is. Yeah, uh, speaking of Georgia, I mean, 
the only real game this upcoming week I think that's even noteworthy is Georgia-Florida. And that's it's not even this weekend. It's two weekends from now because I think Georgia's a bye this week. But, I mean, that's going to be interesting to see how the SEC West ends up figuring itself out. Because, hey, I mean, look at if Florida ends up making the SEC title game they might have. They might even have an outside chance to go to the playoff. Which still, is, only have which, one loss, which is outrageous. Thinking about where Florida's been over the past two years, to think that they're even in that conversation. But again, I mean, yeah, it, it's gonna. The SEC is gonna be very interesting if Alabama somehow finds a way to lose a game, which I don't think anyone really thinks is possible at this point. But hey, I mean, look, if they get a matchup with Georgia in the SEC title game, they're already gonna have to go to Louisiana to play LSU and Baton Rouge, so that. Alabama has some tough games coming up too and it's it's that the whole SEC dynamic is going to be fun just to watch down the stretch because hey I think this might be the first year in what seems like a while in which we may not even have a discussion for two SEC teams it seems like and and that's still not even a possibility because there you could argue there's three teams right now in Georgia Florida and LSU that are all really in the hunt at this point for a spot in the playoff, and, and that's going to just be a lot of fun watching down the stretch. I mean, the SEC is kind of backwards this year, where like Kentucky is basically tied for the lead in the <laughs> SEC East. <laughs> They're five and one. By the way, good for Kentucky. I love Mark Stoops. Good for him, man. He's got a really so good team. Good this year. They, they have a good team this year. I mean, they lost an OT to Texas A&M. If not, we're talking about them up there too. But yeah, the SEC is not getting too. I mean, also this if, year. if we talk about if Florida doesn't lose to Kentucky, they are undefeated True. right now, yeah. which is. It, yeah. it, I mean, it's a whole lot of what-ifs at this point because I feel like everyone's beaten everyone right now. I mean, because, look, LSU lost to Florida, LSU beat Georgia, and Georgia obviously has lost to LSU. So it's kind of like a three-way triangle at that point in the SEC. And and I agree. I don't think they're going to end up with three teams just because I think Alabama is going to steamroll everyone at this point and go into the playoff untouched. But, hey, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun down the stretch to just watch the whole dynamic in the SEC West and how that figures itself out. Yeah, and that was another thing. you know what? Yeah, go ahead, Matt. Sorry. You know what, Jackson? That's a really good point. LSU, Georgia, and Florida all have quality wins that the playoff committee will be able to look towards in at least making some kind of case for where they end up in their initial ranking. Yeah, and I mean, look, look at you look at Florida's resume. I mean, they've beaten LSU, they've beaten Mississippi State. If they beat Georgia this week, next weekend, I mean, gets interesting. That 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 gets really interesting, real interesting for them if the, if they're able to close out and go undefeated into the SEC title game. Because I mean, if 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 they find a way to beat Alabama, which I don't think anyone is even considering at this point, and with valid reason. That that's a playoff team, in my opinion, and I think anyone that beats Alabama in the SEC title game with one loss will end up in the playoff. But hey, it, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to watch that as you, it pro- progresses. You look ahead to Florida's schedule; their last five games of the season, they've got Georgia. That's their toughest game. Missouri and South Carolina both at home. They've got the cupcake game. Then they've got another cupcake game because they're playing the team from Tallahassee that's coached by Willie Taggart that <laughs> hey, we don't they, like to they, talk they about. They almost beat Miami this week. Yeah, it's a rivalry game, though. You throw out the records. And, cause... and also, by the way, while, while we're on Miami real quick, Malik Rozier is starting this weekend again. <sighs> why? Which is why? a disaster. <laughs> I, I think why is the perfect way to put it. <laughs> why? Was there nobody else available? Like I could think I of some people I, I want, who are better. I want to think. I, I don't know if Perry is Perry healthy. I think Perry might be hurt. Let me. I'll look into it to make sure. But I, I'm pretty sure Perry got hurt last week, and they also I mean, they it, also lost. It would be it would be very Mark Richt to start Rozier after almost losing to Florida State, though. <laughs> it, it would be it would be very Mark Richt. Who, by the way, I, I think he should be on the hot seat. But 
I, I don't want to talk about. By Miami the way, too much. it doesn't look like Nkosi Perry is hurt. Um, I do know Nkosi Perry is better uh, because, quite frankly, there are we some, all know that there are some garbage cans that are better, frankly, <laughs> at this point than Rozier. A lot of teams lost last week. I will give you one team that did not lose: Texas. They're all the way back, and they won twenty three seventeen. Three field goals from my man Dicker the kicker to win it for them over Baylor. They had a backup quarterback. They were still able to win it. Congratulations to Texas. We were talking about them for top five this week. So this year is really getting away from us pretty quickly. I'll just I'll just run down the <laughs> rankings here in case nobody if you haven't seen it yet. Alabama's at one, and then there is about you know the Indian Ocean between them and Ohio State at two. Clemson at three, Notre Dame four, LSU five, Michigan six, then Texas, Georgia, Oklahoma, UCF rounding out the top ten. Somehow UCF did not go up despite winning and half the teams in front of them losing, but we won't get into that. And uh, a pretty wild week in college football. By the way, I just wanted to say, I'm a Wisconsin fan. Okay, I don't make any bones about that. I watched them play Michigan. That is the best I have seen Michigan look in a long yeah. time. They looked yeah. incredible. They, they, yeah. could, they could be a real threat here. They looked like the team that was supposed to give Notre Dame problems in the opening game. Yeah. yeah and, and, Matt, I, I think that's a good point because, I mean, th- they were supposed to, but you also got to remember the situation for them in that game. Shea Patterson getting his first start with a new team after the transfer from Ole Miss. He's looked a lot more comfortable, and he didn't even have really that much. He didn't really have a great game versus Wisconsin, but one of the numbers I saw from that Michigan-Wisconsin game, they had nine separate guys run the ball at yeah. some point in that game. I mean, the fact that they were able to throw fresh legs on fresh legs on fresh legs like that against Wisconsin, Michigan is dangerous. And, and I, I'm not, I like Ohio State, and personally, I'm not a believer in Dwayne Haskins, which that was like my spitting hot take before this show. But I think that's a team that can give Ohio State a lot of trouble. I mean, Hornibrook, did, I saw something that he didn't have a completion in like the second and third quarter. Against, oh, he was awful. Against Michigan. He was terrible. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they stopped throwing the ball after the first quarter. He was 7 for 20 in the entire game. Do you know what that equates to? He had a .7 QBR. It's not, yeah, it's not what you want, as <laughs> I heard somebody once say. Yeah, 7 for 20, 100 yards, a TD, two picks. There was a play in the fourth quarter. They were down by, they might have been down by 18. It might have been 31-13, and it was a third down, and they ran the ball. Down 18, yeah. and it was third and long. It was like third and 10 or something like that, and they ran the ball. It was so frustrating because they so obviously don't believe in Hornibrook. And frankly, I'm not – I was more of a believer in Hornibrook last year. Now I'm starting to have my doubts because, I mean, my God, he looked awful on Saturday. And that was a really good defense, and I wanted to see how he would look. And he's played Michigan three times now, twice on the road. In both the road games, he has been terrible. Also, who makes it out of the Big Ten West at this point? Oh, man. I mean, Northwestern's in first place right now in the Big Ten West. Northwestern's in first. It it is important to remember, Wisconsin has two losses, but one of them was BYU, so that was out of conference, so that's going to help them. I would still say Wisconsin. I I would go, at this point, either Wisconsin or Iowa. I I was going to say Iowa. I think Iowa's... I was dangerous, man. They always give teams trouble. that, That team defensively has been so good for... Since really they went to the Big Ten title game against Michigan State, that they've had they've done a nice job with that program of really establishing an identity for them being stout on the defensive side of the ball. And obviously the question for them is whether they're going to score enough points and do something. But I mean the Big Ten West is a disaster, and outside of Michigan and Ohio State in the Big Ten East, I mean Maryland's in second right now. 
which is unbelievable. <laughs> and as 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 a so-called Maryland fan, I, I'll always take pride in them being Texas back-to-back years. Yeah, which is which is some win considering what happened with Jordan McNair this yeah. summer and DJ Durkin being on the administrative leave. But hey, I mean. Don't sleep on the Terps, I guess. Well, they they might be the the team that keeps Texas out of the playoff this year. Yep. I mean, if they went out and there's a bunch of they teams there, and you see a loss to Maryland on the ledger, that could be good. <laughs> but I, I want to take move on to another team in the Big Ten that we were just talking about. You mentioned it, Jackson, with Dwayne Haskins. But I want to talk about Dwayne Haskins because Nick Bosa is going to be out for the year. He will be withdrawing from school to focus on the NFL draft. And he is a big loss for Ohio State, no doubt about it. He is the younger brother of Joey Bosa. He plays sort of similarly, uh, equally as disruptive as Joey was at Ohio State. He's, he was really good early in the year. Now he's gone down, and I think this Ohio State defense, they've sort of struggled a little bit without him. It's sort of been bend but don't break, but I think a loss like that for the season, and Matt, I wanted to get your thoughts on this as well, a loss like that is not one that I think Ohio State can easily come back from, and I think they needed him if they wanted to you know, win a national title and be one of the two or three best teams in the country, and now I honestly am not sure that they can be that. So a few weeks back when the initial news about Nick Bosa needing surgery and being out and his initial timetable was, what, six weeks, I think we, we yeah. said it as? Yeah, yeah. Um, and now that's just gone. They expected him back. They expected him to come back and, and be the dominant player that we know he is. Uh, and all of a sudden he just announces that he's focusing on his rehab and getting ready for the NFL draft, and he's not coming back to school. To, to be fair to him, as, I mean, as we all know, I usually fall on the player's side. Good for him. I mean, he's a he's projected top two, maybe even number one overall pick, depending on who is drafting in that spot. Great for him. But for Ohio State, I don't think we're actually going to see how this is going to impact their defense until the the um, until the Michigan game. Yeah. Until they play another elite team, we're not going to actually know how how bad this is going to be for for that defense as a whole. And for the rest of the season, if they do get past Michigan, as we kind of expect them to, but we've seen anything that happened this year, what's going to happen in, in, the, uh, in the Big Ten Championship game? What's going to happen if they make the playoffs and they have to play two elite teams to win the championship? I don't know if they have enough to actually get the job done. I know we I just want to talk about Dwayne Haskins for a second and we can get back on topic. I don't know if I believe in him yet. He has some flashes like we saw last week, but then he'll just have some games that are complete duds. So I don't know what the team is right now. They look like they're one of the elite teams in college football based on their points for, points against, win-loss record and all that. But are they actually good enough to win a national championship? I honestly don't know. I, I think you make a good point with regarding Bosa because, I mean, again, they're not really going to be tested until the Michigan game. You could argue Michigan State's a bit of a test, but they, they have two full weeks to really figure figure out what they are defensively and how they can adjust defensively without Bosa. But 
I, I do agree with you. I mean, I, I'm not a buyer in Haskins. I mean, you look at the game against Penn State, I honestly thought he sucked, to be completely honest with you. I, I, I didn't think he was good at all. I mean, yes, he, he can make a difference with his legs, and his arm can do some damage as well, but he, was, he wasn't all that accurate against Penn State. The, the only plays that they really scored on were quick screen passes. I mean, he had one big throw on third down in that game. That really was the reason that Ohio State was able to win and come out on top. But, again, I just haven't been all that impressed with him. Against Minnesota, I know he, the numbers were pretty good. But, again, I still just wasn't all that impressed with how he looked. And they really haven't played anyone all that good other than Penn State at this point. Obviously, t- the TCU win was good at the time. But that win has disintegrated at this point. So, again, I'm just not I'm not a big buyer in Haskins. And I, Michigan's defense is tough, as is Michigan State. I mean, obviously Michigan State prides themselves defensively, and they have a good secondary. But I'm, I'm just, I'm not sure if Haskins is enough alone because it's going to have to come from the offense now for the Buckeyes if they want any chance of winning a national championship. And that, that concerns me alone because the defense was great in itself, but now without Bosa, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about Ohio State, and I legitimately think Michigan has a great shot to beat the Buckeyes this year. So you look at Ohio State's last three games that they have played, all without Nick Bosa. At Penn State, they give up 26. Their defense played pretty good in that game, actually. They play Indiana. They give up 26. Indiana moved the ball on them. They did not look dominant at all. And they gave up 14 against Minnesota last week, but they're not that good. This is what I think about Dwayne Haskins, because we've been talking about him. I'm a believer in him. I think he's really good. But I also think that there are times when I look at this offense and I say, wow, they really miss JT Barrett. Because JT Barrett was the guy, he was big enough to run for a first down on third or fourth and short. I mean, we saw him in that mm-hmm. game against Michigan where it was at the 15-yard line. But he could get that extra yard. He was a big quarterback, so he was a really good runner. Haskins doesn't have that physicality. There was even a play in the Penn State game where he tried that and he didn't get it. And I just don't think he's – he's not accurate either. That's the other problem I have with That's, him. Like, that from is the my pocket. big problem with him. Like, he's not accurate, and sometimes it really – gets away from him at the worst possible times. So I'm a believer in him, but I I don't think he is enough to carry them. I think they need the running game to get going, looking at you, J.K. Dobbins, and I also think the defense needs to play a little bit better. I honestly believe that I think they lose to Michigan, and I could see them losing to Michigan State as well because Michigan State's been playing okay. Uh, I'm a little confused as to why they're ranked right now, to be totally honest with you, but... I think think they beat Purdue. I think they beat Nebraska. Everybody's beating Nebraska, so that's no problem. That program's a mess. Oh, by the way, can we just? I just wanted to say this because everyone has killed Willie Taggart for what he has done at Florida State, and none of that has happened to Scott Frost. And granted, it's two different situations, and Nebraska was expected to be bad, but they haven't won a game. Yep, they've been <laughs> they've been really future. Anyway, I just wanted to get that in. But back to Ohio State. Yeah, I think it's a defense that's going to struggle with that Bosa. Heck, it already has. And I think it's going to eventually get them where, do I think this team can win the Big Ten title? Yes. Do I think they can win a national title right now? No. Uh, really, the way it's looking, there might be only one team that can win a national yeah. title. I was just going to say, I think there's <laughs> yeah. the only team at this point that can win a national championship. Because, I mean, I picked Clemson before the season, but at some point you just have to look up and say, like, okay, my eyes tell me that Alabama's the best, so chances are they're probably the best because their quarterback's not even playing in the fourth quarter ever at all. And they're beating everybody by 30 and 40 points. Is that a concern to you guys that Tua hasn't played a no. game in the fourth quarter at all, hasn't even been in a close game? I, I'm personally not, not concerned yet. at all just because we saw what he did in the national championship game coming in without playing all season and being the best player on the field in the second half on the biggest stage. But, hey, I mean, listen, it, it could be a, a little rust, so to speak, but I, I, I'm 
I don't know if he's even going to have to play him in the fourth quarter at this point up until arguably the SEC title game. Yeah, I mean, the, the rest of their schedule is pretty easy. Other than LSU, I mean. The LSU, that game. LSU game will probably be close just because it's LSU and it's in Death Valley and Coach O's teams always come to play in those games. Whether they play well or not, they will bring the energy. But if you just want to get a sense of how dominant Alabama is and how much respect people have for them, they're playing Tennessee this weekend at Tennessee. That's a rivalry game. Theoretically, it should be maybe a little closer because Tennessee's been playing better. Alabama is favored by 29 points. <laughs> that is crazy. What? Yes. <laughs> Tennessee's been playing pretty well. And, I mean, Jarek Warantano led them over Auburn last week. He played great. They've got a good offense now. And Alabama is favored by over four touchdowns. It doesn't matter. That's crazy. Nothing matters when you play Alabama. I mean, you got to think when they go into Baton Rouge and Death Valley, I mean, you have to figure that Ohio uh, not Ohio State, Alabama's probably going to be 10-point favorites at least oh, in that least. game. Oh, at least. At least. Well, they were a 28-point favorite against LSU's, A&M. LSU's a top-five team right yes. now. <laughs> yes. There's just should, so much. Should, yeah, go ahead, Matt. Should, should Tua even play this game against Tennessee? I know he, he looked a little banged up last week. Why not just sit him and then have him totally healthy, and you're probably going to beat Tennessee by 20 anyway. This is what I will say in opposition to that. You've seen what Jalen Hurts can and more accurately cannot do. And you don't want to risk like a Russian roulette type thing where you're playing a good team in Tennessee. And also, like, you can design it so that he can take fewer hits. Like, you could just say, look, anytime somebody comes, just go down. We don't want to risk it. And at that point, you're still going to win by 30. So it doesn't really matter. So I think, especially, too, to, to avoid the rust for Tua, I think that's going to be big, too. Because he's been playing so well and he's been in such a rhythm where, I mean, he's already thrown 21 touchdowns on the season in seven games and really three quarters in each of those games. So, yeah, I would play him if he's healthy. They said he was able to go out in the second half last week and they didn't want him to because they were winning by so much. So I think, yeah, I think you play him as long as he's healthy. As long as there's no setbacks, I don't see why you wouldn't play him. But I think you do say, hey, look, be a little careful. Don't be stupid. We've got this game in tow. They're not going to say that to him like that, but let's be real, they do. And we'll move on to next week. So that's what I would do, but I can I could also justify playing Jalen Hurts. I just think when you have the hot hand and you have that option available to go to, there's no reason not to. And frankly, whoever they play, I don't think it's going to matter. So yeah, I, it, it, I'm a nihilist now with college football. It just nothing matters <laughs> to me. No, I I I you know I, what I, mean? I get what you're saying. I listen. If there are any injury concerns at all, I I, I say you don't play him. Okay. and get him healthy for LSU, which. Again, it, it's. It, it, I, I do. I do see what you're saying, though. It is a. Uh, it is a bit of a slippery slope when you go down that way. And listen, Jalen Hurts can be a catastrophe for all you know, <laughs> yeah. and Ellis and Bama can somehow find a way to lose to Tennessee. But hey, I mean, oh, just, just. I just want to talk about LSU for a second sure. because I, I've go Tigers. I, I've yeah, and I want to talk. <laughs> go Tigers. About, I want to talk about Coach O because I, I feel like for so long now since he's been at LSU. He hasn't really gotten the respect he deserves because it's really just been the Go Tigers that he's been known for. But, I mean, this guy has LSU playing, like, arguably the best team in the country right now. Sure. Outside outside of Alabama. I mean, you look at the win last week over Georgia. They were dominant throughout that game, and the score indicated that. I mean, they won by 20. They shut out Georgia in the first half, and Georgia was unable to get anything going offensively. Other than the loss to Florida, I mean— they beat Auburn at the last second, 
they have a win over Miami an opening week in which they dominated. If this team, even if they lose to Alabama, there's a chance that LSU ends up with two loss two losses, but still with wins over Miami, Georgia, Mississippi State, and Texas A&M when it's all said and done. That's a pretty damn good resume. And I know it. I know it's not going to end up. They may not end up in the playoff, and if they end up in the playoff, they're probably going to have to win out. But that's a pretty damn good team and a pretty damn good. Was this his second or third year? It's it's his second full year. It's second his third year. Yeah. At LSU, that, that's a pretty damn good resume for a program that wasn't in a great state post Les Miles. I I got I just I think he deserves a lot of credit that he hasn't gotten yet. That that's just how I see it. Yeah, and I'll I'll add something on that as well. Everyone when. When they hired Edo, when they hired Edo full time in 2016, and then they saw what happened last year, where they were a little bit down, everybody was like, "Well, they jumped the gun to coach to pick Ed Orgeron as their head coach. They should have maybe waited out for Tom Herman or one of these other people." And now, to see that narrative change in the span of like 10 seconds with yep. the way this LSU team has played this year, I mean, you detailed it perfectly. They went on the road, got a win at Auburn. Listen, Auburn's not that good this year. I really don't care. Teams don't win in that building, mm-hmm. and anytime you can beat them on the road, that's impressive. You look at the rest of their schedule, Mississippi State, Alabama, Arkansas, Cupcake, Texas A&M, they're going to have some really good chances to up yeah. their resume. And even the win at Miami to start the year. Yeah, that's is, a good that's, win. That's a big, it's a good one, coming, especially with the hype that Miami was coming into the season, and they dominated them too. It's, it's not like they just won. They dominated them. Oh, sure. And they dominated Georgia, who was the number two team in the country last week. So th- that is, that's a pretty good resume that they have stacked up, and I think it's only going to get better. And college football is better when uh, LSU is at the top of its game. That, there, there, is no, there is nothing I enjoy better in college football than Alabama and LSU being – a top five matchup, honestly. Yeah. At night on CBS, mm-hmm. eight o'clock. You I'm, know my exactly. Fa- my favorite game of all time is the nine six overtime game <laughs> in Tuscaloosa <laughs> when LSU somehow found a way to win that game, in which there was like felt like there were ten turnovers, ten different turnovers in that game. No one could score, but that 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 was one of my favorite college football games of all time, and that that honestly made me really like LSU and become a real big Tyron Matthew fan because he was an absolute monster in that game. But nonetheless, I'm, I'm just happy that LSU was officially back. Yeah, I, I really hope that LSU-Alabama matchup is top five because we'll all be better for it. So, uh, Matt, you got anything to add on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm happy for, for Coach O. I'm, obviously, we love him on the show for for the Go Tigers and everything like that, but he, he faced a lot of criticism last year, which – wasn't really warranted. It's always hard for a first-year coach to come into a program and immediately be good. I mean, we're seeing that happen to Willie Tagger and the team from Tallahassee. We're seeing it with Jimbo Fisher in A&M, especially Scott Frost in Nebraska. It's not an immediate fix when you bring in a new head coach. It takes time to build up the program the way you want. And I'm not sure if it's fair to say that they're ahead of schedule in LSU because you expect them to be on top of their game every single year. So I'm just happy to see that this that this team is performing up to the standards that everybody expects and that Coach O is finally being recognized for the work that he has done in these past couple of years. All right, so to bookend that discussion, go Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get another one of those if he wins this week. So we got a couple games this weekend. Just wanted to take a quick look at this because we're running out of time. Michigan, Michigan State, a noon game at Michigan State. That's going to be an interesting game. They're both ranked this week. Michigan all the way up to six after the big win. 
Michigan State is back in the rankings at 24. They are 4-2. and two. They beat Penn State last week, both teams coming off big wins. So, Matt, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on this game? Who do you think comes out on top? If Michigan plays the way they did against Wisconsin, it's not even going to be close. I mean, I know it's a rivalry game. It's the in-state game that's always volatile, and you never really know what's going to happen. But I think that I'm, I'm very hesitant to say, but I think Harbaugh and Michigan – have figured it out, and I think that this might be a, a blowout. Interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there, Matt. I even if even if they don't play to their best, I just personally don't think Michigan State is all that good this year. And I I, I know they're they always present a tough challenge, particularly to Michigan, just because of the way they play defense. That that game is in uh is that game it's in East Lansing. Okay, so I mean that makes it a little tougher. I don't know how much tougher it actually makes it, but I I still think Michigan is. They're too talented and too good to lose a game like this, particularly coming off the performance against Wisconsin last week. I'm higher on Michigan State than you guys are, and I put them in the playoff for some reason before the season. And that back only <laughs> that is that is a, wow, that is a Jimmy, that's a Jimmy style hot take. And it was wrong. <laughs> um, so I'm higher on them than you guys are, but Michigan's got a lot of toys this year, and they're going to use them. I think it's going to be a close game. I could see it maybe being one possession. Michigan wins, though. I think their best is so much better than Michigan State's best. Their best might be second or third best in the country, to be totally honest with you. I think they are a playoff-caliber team right now. Wanted to go to the next game. We were just talking about LSU. Mississippi State going into Death Valley. Mississippi State ranked 22nd. LSU ranked number 5, with coming off that huge win against Georgia Jackson. I'll start with you. Are you picking... I'm Your boy? go with the Tigers. Yeah. yeah, I'm going with Coach O. Yeah, it's hard to pick against Joe Moorhead right now with uh, the state that he's. He's done a pretty good job with Mississippi State in his first year, but again, they they still have had some tough losses mixed in there. And again, I I think the way else you you could almost view it as a trap game. I don't know how much it is, but again, back to back home games against ranked opponents, Coach O is going to have them fired up for this one. I I, I think LSU is going to come out on top, and I just don't think that Mississippi State has the defense to handle the Tigers offensively in their run game. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm going to go with LSU. I think by a comfortable margin. I've said that before, and it's burned me, but I'll take LSU. Uh, Matt, you also going with LSU? Uh, first off, shout out Coach Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's the Tigers all the way. It's not. I, I know we like to be conservative on the show in case it comes back and blows up in our faces, but LSU looks incredible right now i'm taking them by a couple yeah and then there's just one more ranked game we'll go through it quickly because i think we're all going to pick clemson on this one they're playing nc state at home nc state fun fact still undefeated nobody knows that but they are i think we're all going with anybody going with nc state on this one are we all going with clemson nope going with the tigers nope all right that's a clean sweep all right so (laughs) guys great show we got into so much we didn't even get into college game day is going to be a pullman this week for the first time ever wazoo ranked they're playing oregon that's a Fox game at 7.30. Washington State still with only one loss. Mike Leach is doing a really good job over there. First year without is, Luke Falk. Is Oregon a sleeper for the playoff? They year? are, but they're gonna. it's going to be tough because I think a one-loss Pac-12 team, if you take – if each conference sends a one-loss team, the Pac-12 is going to get squeezed yeah. because they don't—they're not that good. So I think it's going to be tough for them. Believe in my son. That's all I'm Your saying. Your son. Believe in Herbert. Wow. I'll remember, I'll remember that if he winds up on, you know, the Cowboys or something. <laughs> oh, no. At that point, he's enemy number one. Yeah. So, boys, great show. Matt, thanks for calling in. We might have you here next week, but we'll see what's going on with that. Matt, thank you for calling in. You're the best. Big week of college football last week. A bigger week this week. Thank you all so much for tuning in. 
For Jackson Heil, Matt Costantini, I'm Jimmy Sullivan saying so long for College Gridiron.